go. Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and join with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, what's happening down there in the Bluegrass State? What's going on, buddy? Um, well, right now, I'm sitting at my, my kitchen table, and I'm looking out the window, and it is gorgeous, uh, and there's a giant tree in my neighbor's yard because the wind is whipping, um, and it looks like that thing could topple any moment. I'm so nervous. that's that's not nerve-wracking. I mean, it's it's not going to hit my house. Uh, it's going to take out a couple fences, <laughs> um, which is going to ruin Cedar's day. But uh, nah, we're good. We're good. Went to uh, we've had a lot going on. It's been a while since we recorded. Two weeks or so. We're on yeah, we're on the every two week schedule now for the summer. It's summer. I. Uh, so yeah, me and, and the boys and the wife, Dr. Wife, we, we loaded up Friday night after work and school or camp, not school, and headed to Florence, Kentucky, where we, we stayed for the weekend and drove over to Cincinnati on Saturday and Sunday to watch my beloved Braves uh, whoop the Reds. So that was exciting. Got to, got to see them play, setting the bleachers on, on Saturday. And then Sunday had some pretty spectacular seats in right field, um, so that was that was good. Turner got to uh, got to say hi and interact with Eddie Perez, who oh, is nice. catcher from from back in the day, but he's one of the coaches now, and so yeah. that was exciting. And then Ronald Acuna Jr. waved at him, so he is on cloud nine right now because that's his his favorite ball player. But yeah, no, and then uh, got home late last night. I have a wicked tan line, and my ears are sunburned. I wasn't aware your ears could get sunburned. Yes, they can. They will but, peel. Uh, It'll be nasty. You'll be like a leper. That's awesome. I'm excited. Can't wait. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, it's a good time. Good time. What's uh, any any fun events happen in your life? Well, the last two weeks have been fun. I went to the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting in New Orleans. So I drove like to New Orleans. Talk about that. Yeah, we drove to New Orleans. Um, spent some time then after that with my family in Deep East Texas. Had some car trouble on the way back. <laughs> when you say Deep East Texas, I know what that means, but could you describe that for our friends? I think people can. So there's definitely uh, different Texases. So East Texas could, for you know, if you're from El Paso, would it be, would it be different Texai? Uh, Texans, not Texas. Uh, maybe Texai. There's a lot of Texai. <laughs> maybe, but Deep East Texas is pretty much the the furthest east you can be, pretty much along the Louisiana border um, that isn't Houston. You know, but even I think Houston's still part of Deep East Texas, but it's a it's a bunch of um I'll put it this way. I heard a an old boy say this at the Southern Baptist Convention. Um they're protected by the pine wood dome. Um there's oh the pine wood curtain. It's basically it's just pine tree forest for as the eye can see, and you're deep in the woods and you're pretty much about at any given moment, you could be in Louisiana if you go as east as you can go. So Bunch of little towns. Spent a week in the woods. Um, it was time. good. 
It's a good time. It was the entire time with extreme heat warnings and, you know, temperatures in the high 90s to low 100s with nearly identical humidity made the heat index at some days feel like 115. So uh, basically, I, I spent a week or two weeks in on the sun. So that's exciting. Well, I uh, over the last couple of weeks, work has been nuts. I've had different friends who who've had some some life crisis, if you will, um, that I've been trying to to work with them out uh, through and uh, some different things. But one of the the absolute funniest moments uh, in a really sad and dark spot um, happened. And uh, when they told me about it, I said, well, that's made the podcast. Uh, and they didn't believe me. So um, here we go. A friend of mine's here. we here, And here we are. So a friend of mine's uh, father was uh, put into hospice. Right. And so we have uh, here in Owensboro, we have this uh, place called the Hartford House. And it's spelled heart as in like the thing in your chest. Mm-hmm. For, uh, it's weird. I thought it was spelled the same way as like. Not, not the city in Connecticut where my uncle lives. Or the city in Ohio County where, I, where I've lived. So neener, neener. But anyway, um, so they, they put my friend's father in the, in the Hartford house, which again, it's, I don't know how many beds it is, but it's strictly hospice. Like you go there when, when, when it's that time. Right. And it's, it's a beautiful building. It has a really like peaceful atmosphere to it. Like you just mm-hmm. feel comfortable uh, which I guess is is the goal, yeah. Right, and so uh, my buddy and his girlfriend are leaving to go get dinner one night. And it's pretty late; it's like eight thirty, I guess. And they're gonna go grab some dinner before they they come back, or at least before he comes back. And they're walking down the hallway, and and Bo looks over at him, and she said, "Man, it's awfully quiet here. That's weird." <laughs> and it took I. And knowing knowing my buddy like I do, like it probably took everything he had not to just lose his junk laughing because he finally just like hands on his hips, head cocked to the side, and looked at him. Was like, "Well, what do you expect? Like, are you waiting for the parties and the kegs? <laughs> like, <laughs> like what, what? What? So then, so then, my question for you is: Is Chad, if if we ever have to. To put you in one of those, like do you wait, want wait, wait, nice wait, why me? Because you're older. <laughs> when you put if me in hospice, to, when I put you in hospice, Chad, do you do you want a nice, calm atmosphere, or do you want a party? It depends. So you know, I've known a few people who've gone to hospice and left hospice. And maybe gone back and and came back. So maybe maybe I want a little peaceful atmosphere to rest. But I think if it's if it's the final time, I'm not getting out of hospice. Let's have a party. Heck yeah, man! Let's, let's do this. Let's do it right. I also contend, and Doctor Wife says no, that the final passerby on my of my viewing at my funeral, um, and this is why. Dr. Wife can't be in charge of my funeral. Like I'm going to have to put it in a will somewhere that, that somebody else is in charge of my funeral. It's me. But uh, you can fight that over with her because 
I'm, you know, I'm not dealing with that. But uh, probably. But um, we're going to play Pop Goes the Weasel and just progressively get faster and faster and faster until all of a sudden somebody takes some symbols and clings them together. And you think that you're going to pop up in the cast? No, well, with the right amount of hydraulic, it could happen. Especially when I drop some Mets gear in your casket. I may not sit up for the Mets gear, but I would definitely roll over. <laughs> um, I also, and I think we, I think this is in Ashley's as well, but uh, as the pallbearers are coming in at my funeral, uh, sorry, they're mowing outside my house. Um, I want. Can you get them the to song. stop? I probably could. No, crazy. I'm just, I'm just messing with um, you. So I want the song "If You Don't Know Me by Now" being played because <laughs> that just makes me giggle. I think that would be an awesome funeral song. I've got a few other uh, probably inappropriate funeral songs, if you will, but uh, that's for a whole different podcast. Well, you know, I, I think about this. So why don't you uh, <laughs> reach out to us on the Bird app, on the on the uh, on the X app that Twitter seems to be uh, morphing into under Elon Musk's ownership. You can hit us up at Hill Hipster Pod, and you could use the hashtag inappropriate funeral songs and let us know what your inappropriate funeral songs are. Um, I've done a funeral where they played Paradise City by Guns N' Roses over and Are over again not kidding <laughs> i had a i didn't i went to a funeral i'm pretty sure i was related to the person and i can't remember the song to save my life but it was basically a song trashing the singer's ex-wife because she ran off with somebody else and uh it was fairly accurate for this this gentleman's life so it just made me giggle that that happened yeah i did a funeral where um he was probably about 60 and all the music that playlist they put together was all trash metal and brian adams <laughs> that was it yo brian adams i forgot about him it was trash metal and brian adams it was it was interesting <laughs> it was trash metal with a bit of love <laughs> but they did uh they played paradise city they played paradise city on loop for a little bit <laughs> i'm here for it let it happen <laughs> what's the worst like what what's so bad about it come on now there's a yeah i don't know I I, I I think i still get a little cringy because you're playing guns and roses in church <laughs> well don't have the funeral at church have it in a bar yeah. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it. I think it's just uh you get that cringiness like I hope church folks don't come in and see this. This wasn't a this was a not a church member, but related to a church member who had the funeral at the church. So I was just you, you kind of get that lump in your throat, like I'm gonna hear about this. That's right, I'm gonna hear about this. Oh, so Andy. Why don't you tell us about the fine folks at St. Galgano Armory? And that. So, St. 
Blacksmith no, merchandise. Blacksmith merchandise. St. Gagano Armory is the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise. They use traditional techniques to create a unique and stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Gagano himself. Each item is a work of art crafted with care and attention to detail. St. Galgano, Galgano Armory believes that quality and authenticity are paramount, and that's why they use only the finest materials and take pride in their commitment to traditional craftsmanship. The products are not only beautiful, but are also functional. Both Chad and I have several different items that, that they have made, uh, and a portion of all sales goes back into the community. And I believe right now they are uh, donating a portion of all sales back to the Oneida Baptist Institute in That's Eastern correct. Kentucky. It's a boarding school for children uh, for, uh, I believe, from all over the world and all over the United States. So that is a uh, an organization and a school that is near and dear to my heart. So, uh, but yeah, you can check out St. Galgano um, you can check them out on their Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Uh, and then you can check them out on the social media apps, both uh, the Bird app and Instagram at, at St. Galgano. But yeah, definitely recommend them. Again, both Chad and I have their, their products in our houses and in our offices. So definitely recommend checking them out. And I'm going to have to put in another order because I, I, what I want is I want a bottle opener with a hole punched in it so I could loop it through on the Yeti Tundra that I won at the Southern Baptist Convention. And so I can permanently have nice. a bottle opener attached to my Yeti. So I think if it's not blazing hot and Dr. Wife doesn't have other plans, uh, I think I'm going over there sometime Fourth of July weekend. To uh, oh. to pound out some pound out some steel, uh, and show how weak I really am. So <laughs> he's gonna be like, "Hit it!" And I'm like, "I am. It's not doing anything." It's like, "Be a man." <laughs> I'm a weakling. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I gotta be a little jealous. Fourth of July weekend. I'm not doing much. We're uh, our local town fireworks show. I've got a a spot to put a tent up for the church that will just be there at the 4th of July celebration, meeting people, talking to people, getting to know the community. So looking forward to that. I don't, I don't know what, as far as I know, like we're going to my aunt's house, but I don't know if that's on the 4th or the weekend. So um, I should probably ask my mother about that, which is, Ironic, because now my mother works in my office, so I see her every day. Um, I haven't seen my mother this much since high school. Childhood? <laughs> yeah, since high school. And now it's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk to my mom because her, you know, she's right next door to my office. It's, well, I don't uh, need to see fireworks. Thing. I don't need to see fireworks because I saw a pretty good fireworks show in New Orleans at the SBC <laughs> annual meeting. Look at that segue. Yes. That's good radio, brother. That's good that radio. Is, that is phenomenal radio. You know what? Whatever we're paying you, I'm doubling it for that. All right. <laughs> Just add an extra zero in front of it. 
So there was a there were a little fireworks, uh, little fireworks displays at the Southern Baptist Convention, particularly around the microphones and those who came to, you know, put up resolutions or point of order. Um, I think there was a an interesting moment when when America's pastor. I didn't know he had that crown, but I've noticed over the last year, uh, one Rick Warren has been given the title of America's pastor. Um, well, the man lots. has the man has trained more pastors than actually exists. So that is correct. And he, while he was on the microphone, uh, unlike last year when they let him go on and on and on, and at his love letter to the SBC, which was, "Look how good I am," um, they cut him off after the three minutes that you get to plead your case. And uh, there was a round of applause by the messengers when Rick got his microphone cut off. Yeah, so I was watching that, and that uh, that caught me off guard when they when they cut him off, and how quick they were to be like, "Well, sorry, that's all the time we have, folks." Yeah, and you have three minutes. There's a countdown clock up there on the screens and everything. You have three minutes to to make your case, and that's known in the in the order, like in the rules. So you know, he, I mean, the the woman who pled her case for the other church before him, uh, she finished within the three minutes, but. Rick went on and on and got cut off midstream. Yeah, um, which seems pretty par for the course for him, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that the highlight for me, well, it, it's interesting. I, I knew some people that were there that I was trying to connect with and could never see them and get in touch with them. And I believe they were at the convention because their tweets said they were, but. Um, I don't know what the odds would be in a building with roughly 18,000 people that I ran across a mutual friend of ours three times during the convention, and I didn't see anybody else that I knew. I saw Jonathan. Actually, I said three times, but twice. I saw Jonathan twice that I've had a conversation with him and thinking, what were the odds that in a room of that many people I would stumble across one person on both days, you know, each day. Yeah, that that's not happening again. No. No. Um, the highlight for me was, you know, I, I got to interact with a, a couple of theological heroes. I don't know if heroes are the right word, but definitely, I think the highlight for me was, was getting to have a little bit of a conversation with Albert Moeller um, and, and, and watching... At one point, the that afternoon session of the first day, I sat very close to him um, where I, I could see him interact with his family. And, and I'd heard these stories and he, he gets up and he's walking around with his granddaughter. And it's just the sweetest thing to see. And I didn't want to bug him when he's with his granddaughter. But as he walked right past me, past my row, and I just leaned back and I just said something to the extent of like, Dr. Moeller, I just, I really appreciate you and, and all that you do and God bless you. And he leaned into me and he said, thank you. I don't think you know how much that means to me. And then he said, God bless you. And he walked away with his granddaughter. And I was like, I felt like I'm old, but I felt like I was a 12 year old girl who met whomever the current Justin Bieber is in the world. So do I have, definitely, do we have a new Justin Bieber? I have no idea. 
I figured Justin Bieber's old now. Like, I have no idea who the new Justin Bieber is. I'm sure it's what's that thing that dressed like the devil at the Grammy Awards? Isn't isn't he who is everybody's listening to? I I, I haven't heard anything else out of him. No, I don't listen to any new music. I was about to say to to that point, I don't listen to pop music. I guess you want to call it or. Lucifer's Playground, whatever we're I mean, calling that stuff. The only new music that I absolutely that I would be aware of would be Christian artists who I definitely don't listen to mainstream Christian artists and Red Dirt Country artists. That's about it. That's the only new music I know. Yeah, I, so since moving back home, I've started listening to country music a little more. Much to the chagrin of uh, Doctor Wife, although I've gotten her to where she likes some of it. You need to listen to that. I gave you a list of people to listen to. You need to listen to those folks. Stay off I new do, country. I need, to, I need to also find that list you sent me. I'll send it. But to you. that's neither here nor there. So let's let's go back to the uh, let's go back to the the convention. So there were some, you know, we talked about the fireworks show. Um, one of which was Saddleback. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Saddleback was, um, you, you're the pastor here. <laughs> what was it? Disfellowshipped? Disfellowshipped. You are disfellowshipped. Okay. Yeah. They were, they were disfellowshipped. And so the at the convention, to... they appealed their disfellowship. That's why at the point, what we voted on was their appeal. So the executive committee, the credentials committee, executive committee disfellowshipped them and two other churches. And then all those those three churches chose to appeal. And that's what went to the floor at the annual meeting. That's why I I have a question as a. uh, As an an SBC ordained SBC pastor um, who is attending an, an SBC church at the moment. Um, why? So there, there are other churches in the SBC that have women pastors. Yes, and the number is the number is much more. So there's a gentleman, there's a pastor, Mike Law from Virginia, who kind of brought this to the attention, and, and definitely was the one who put through the amendment that they approved, that was approved on the floor to to change our bylaws and constitution to word that the office of pastor and elder can only be uh, a man. Sorry. Did you just hear that? I, at some no. point I, I, I pressed too hard on my earbuds and it started playing music and I was like, well, freaking out. Um, That's funny. So I, I don't We're know what the numbers here. I know. I don't know what the numbers actually are in front of me, but Mike law said, you know, Mike law figured out that there was a, Few, there was maybe less than 200 churches and, and a, a, you know, a, a good amount of women pastors. But if we go by Rick Warren's numbers, I, I believe Rick Warren says that there's over 1,200. So then my question is this, like, and I'm not trying to stir the pot. This is for my own. <laughs> Isn't that my job, though? I always stir the pot. That's a welcome to it, sir. Why haven't they been disfellowshipped? Well, 
I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think that my my take on it is that they haven't been disfellowshipped mainly because so I I I know a couple of things, but I think that the main thing is they haven't been disfellowshipped because they don't have uh quote unquote senior pastors as women. So they've played along with the titling and, and handing out of titles. I do know that in the uh Texas Baptist Convention with the Texas, I, I believe it's in Texas that there's been a they've held off on any disfellowship because they feel that um black churches have women pastors and so they've not wanted to touch that situation um but i i i think that this is something a lot of it comes down to titling and you know and I, and i i'm not a fan of titles of that you're a senior pastor or this pastor or you know i i think that you're a pastor and maybe you focus on an area of ministry so maybe you are to you're you are the the pastor who's over everything you know the quote unquote senior pastor maybe you do the brunt of the preaching but you're still a pastor i think when we've changed these titles to you know associate pastors and assistant pastors and discipleship pastors i think it's created a i think it's created a, a little bit of an issue when it comes to that Always helps to unmute before you start talking. Yes. So, so let's let's look real quick with with the office of pastors. So there was an amendment Mike Law brought before the uh, the the convention uh, that passed that changed some some verbiage to say Correct. that the office of pastor is is only uh, for men. Right, pastor so, and elder. Although the language that's used biblically, like pastor, elder, bishop is used pretty much simultaneously so before you start coming at us um because we we both are in agreement that that from what we've read and studied and all that it's that's accurate right i, I think right. i can speak for both of us when yes when i say we that don't we both, we both are affirming that the office of pastors elder bishop whatever role you want to call it is specifically for men yes i think i could speak for both of us that this is not an egalitarian podcast okay just i just wanted to make sure um now we are not saying um women have nothing to do with spreading the gospel we are not saying that women can't teach um we're not saying that women can't present the gospel and and evangelize and witness and, and whatever big word you want to throw in there because uh, the the Great Commission says otherwise, right? We go, uh, talking to all of us, go and, and, and paraphrasing, uh, just go and tell people, right? Mm-hmm. Go and actually, on the mountain. <laughs> well, the messengers, go. the messengers at the annual meeting, we passed a resolution affirming that, you know, affirming women's roles in ministry and how you know vital and important it is and and affirming women in the church just not in that role so yeah one of the arguments that was made and and i've I've seen is you know well then women just can't do anything and we're just trying to put them in a corner and silence them and that is that's not the case not at Uh, all 
you know, the, the great commission says go and, and tell about the love of Jesus and spread the gospel and, and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, that is what we all need to be doing. Men, women, and children, right? Um, I'm a big proponent of public schools, and, and I've had this talk with at least my oldest son that um, you're a missionary in that school. You may not bring up the name of Jesus at all during a day, but the way you treat people and the way you act around people and the way that, that you act in general, like you may be the Jesus somebody needs to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like, I, I'm big on mine now. My son doesn't always walk the walk, but he's also nine and, you know, is a rambunctious little boy. We, we don't, I don't, walk the walk. I, as a 38 year old man, don't always walk the walk because I am a man who is an idiot, right? Like there's that, but by us saying that, that you are not a pastor does not mean um, that you are not supposed to spread the gospel and that you're not supposed to um, share the love of Jesus with others. It's just... Or that you're not supposed to serve inside the church. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and I've got situations in my own church without going into details where, and I made it abundantly clear, you you missed a Titus 2 moment, right? Women missed that call in Titus 2 to come alongside younger women to come alongside older women and, and work for the kingdom. And that's big. And so and men and women alike, because not every man is called to be a pastor, um, but not. I will say every man, woman, and child is a missionary, but as extent, somebody, sure. yeah, as somebody who is 38, I'll still say that I'm young for a couple more years. Um, as somebody as a 38 year old, like I need that older man at church who's been married for 40 or 50 years, who have raised kids, who has lived in a world that he thought was going to hell before we get to the world that we think is going to hell. Because right? now I we're need... in the handbasket. Because now we're in the handbasket. Um, but yeah, I need those guys to come along and and impart that wisdom and to walk through and and guide isn't the right mentor that's the word mentor me and 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 help me through these everyday circumstances that they've already been through so that therefore when i am older i can take somebody under my wing and walk them you know walk with them through their turmoil not saying that i'm not already doing that now for somebody who's younger than me Mm -hmm. but it's this this never ending And, and women you need to Come alongside some of those younger women and help them through the trials. And likewise, younger women and younger men, you need to be going up to the older men and women in your lives and walking with them because they're struggling with things that you can help with. And it's this this nonstop give and take, but you should be serving regardless of your gender whichever one that you you put male or female no 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 on this that's correct on this we, that's a slippery slope on this podcast there were well, two. that's why that's why that's why I stopped male myself. and female biological which, male, whichever biological one you female. are male or female you have a role in the church i i jumped before that caveat <laughs> yeah don't don't interrupt me sir you sit over there 
Right, whichever male or female you you are called to serve in the local church, it's not just on the pastor. I can I can tell you from from past experiences uh, as as a youth pastor. Well, we'll just say as a pastor of a church, because it doesn't matter if I'm a youth pastor, senior pastor, or what. But I'm a pastor, right? Like it can't all be put on me. That's a, that's no. a lot to ask of somebody for it to all be put on me. You know, when I'm trying to get everything going for Sunday morning kids service and Sunday morning adult service. And, you know, I'm trying to greet people and I'm trying to make sure that the new people feel comfortable. And then through the week, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that while I'm prepping different lessons. And like, we can't, we can't do it all on our own. We need, whether you're a deacon or whether you're just a church member, Find somewhere to serve. And I think the first place to start, if you need a place to serve and you really love your church, is serving the children's ministry. Absolutely. Amen. Say it again for the ones in the back. Men, particularly, serve in the children's ministry. Be smart about it. But you man. know, serve in the children's ministry, pray for your pastor, you know, just just serve, open doors for people, greet them when they come in, go to the parking lot and just wish them a good morning. And, and just th those are all areas to serve. And I think, I don't think women are destined in the church to just be in hospitality and, and make sure that the kitchen and run in the kitchen and the fellowship hall. I mean, I, I will admit like I've, I've received wise counsel, counsel from that. I've received wisdom from very wise women throughout my life who were church ladies who, you know, said something. And I don't feel like they were not my pastor. They were not preaching to me. They shared biblical wisdom with me that is still sticks with me today. Absolutely. Um, but if, you know, if we're going back to what you said about the men, can because I, I want to harp on this for a second as a, as a youth and, and kids pastor in the past, um, just do it. I know that working with small children isn't your favorite. Um, and, and if it is great, but serve. So starting tonight at, at, at my church here in, in Owensboro, um, VBS starts. Um, and I can tell you as somebody who has been involved in VBS as a worker, as a teacher, as a um, director since I got out of high school, like it is one of my absolute favorite weeks of the year because I can act like a complete idiot and get these kids excited to hear about Jesus. And it's okay. It's the one time that my wife's like, go be an idiot. And it's okay. It, it's your favorite thing because you get to act like an idiot without any repercussions. Right. There, yeah. Well, no. But I will say that I'm also so grateful that it doesn't fall on me this year as the director and that my hair is safe as far as I know. So I'm not at any risk of my head being shaved unless I get there tonight and they tell me that if they reach a certain goal, they want to shave my head. Uh, so I'm not point, kidding. At which point I'm probably not going to say no, because if it will get kids excited to hear about Jesus, you can wax my head for all I care. So I'm not going to get pictures of you in like railroad conductor costumes or whatever various. I have a whole album of pictures of you in odd costumes that rotates as your your contact picture when you call me. 
Yeah, no, I don't have to dress up this year. I have a bright orange t-shirt that has her church logo on it because I am helping with the fourth graders this year. But yeah, I don't uh yeah, I'm not I'm not the guy this year. But yeah, last year the uh the train conductor, uh that was a lot of fun. I a lot of those videos are popping up on my time hop, uh, if you uh -huh. use that app. Uh, and I am, I just sit and giggle. It's a lot yeah, I was just going to, I was just going to turn this to a therapy session. And when you said, uh, you know, you're not going to have to lead this year. And I'm like, well, how does that make you feel? Uh, I, I'm slightly excited and slightly sad all at the same time. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Let's, let's get back on topic here. But, but men serve at VBS. The kids will love it. Absolutely. And and you don't have to be a leader. You can just be a, a, a support person in that ministry. And, and really, even if you're scared of them, because I got to tell you, those first times, you're more scared of them than they are of you. But well, particularly for those preach. kids to see a man in those roles, just sitting with them, maybe helping hand out snacks, whatever it is, um, you'll be surprised how then all of a sudden um, all those kids are going to flock to you. Because they don't, so have some a, of those kids don't see men in those roles. I have a friend. Um, he works security at VBS, so he watches the door and kind of <clears throat> make sure that nobody comes in that shouldn't be in and, and that kind of thing. Um, and he has a ball because the kids still interact with him. He still, you know, he still gets to be, you know, the fun guy, but he's also like he's not hands on, right? Right. So that's that's always fun. Yeah, so I mean if we jump back to the SBC thing, I think if you've seen media and Twitter and they've all been and there's there's a lot of, you know, those women who are very popular in egalitarian circles right now from authors of books and things like that who I don't believe majority of them are even attached to SBC churches at all. And we could argue, I mean I would say that includes Beth Moore. Beth Moore is no longer part of a Southern Baptist, she, you know, she's not part of the Southern Baptist convention. She doesn't go to a Southern Baptist church any longer. Um, you know, the media is saying how Mike Law doxed these women because he, and I, and I will say this fully, I, I was an early adopter. I wrote the, I signed the, the letter for Mike Law's amendment. I wrote to my members on the executive committee to push the letter to the floor to, I mean, to uh, the resolution for the amendment to go to the floor. I, I've, been in you know i've been an early supporter of this and when mike law had the information to back it up that said hey here's what i found just by going to church websites that these are women pastors on staff now these women are claiming that he docks them from taking public information and i'm sure they're going to try there'll be some kind of public uh shaming and, and way to discredit mike law who i you know i, I in my interactions with him is been just he, he's a wonderful guy um but the SBC did not say that women can't serve in any capacity like I said we we voted in that amendment the messengers voted in that amendment which doesn't take because it still has to be voted in next year in Indy it has to take two years two years of votes in order to change or amend the constitution and bylaws and there's been some shenanigans where there's some resolutions that are coming up now where 
last year's convention was we need to define what a pastor is. Um, so now we need to define what it means to be in good standing with the Baptist faith and message. Um, but we did, then the messengers voted in and, and, and affirmed a, a resolution that supported women and supported women in ministry and, and you know, and, and how women serve in the church and church. You've been a part in any church, let alone a Southern Baptist church, right? The, the four walls would cave in if it wasn't for women. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's twofold. One, there's some really great women leaders out there. Uh, and then also there are some really poor men, male leaders. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As, as men, we should be ashamed at how we have spiritually led our families in this country for the past 20, 25 years, if not longer. And I'd even go as far as to say, you're absolutely right. And even that pastors have, it's no longer just let the door crack open, but they've opened the wide door, the door wide open to allow cultural nonsense and shenanigans to enter the church that they're, they're preaching it from the pulpit, but they, they put on this mask of winsomeness and pragmatism. And they're like, well, you know, um, we're not really saying these things, but we have to you know, and I'm going to say the controversial statement. I, I think it's been the influence of guys like Tim Keller, even outside of reform circles, who were that you have to engage the culture of the city where you go to. And, and a lot of these folks, instead of going to a city and, and bringing the gospel to them, they look like the city. And so they've they've come up with new ways to share the gospel where I'm sorry, you're not sharing the gospel at all. Correct. So that was the big fireworks. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's there's the other business and making amendments. And apparently I one one of the sessions I sat in a section at the annual meeting where I found one that was really close to the bathroom and I got to sit near Al Moeller, um, where I was sitting in the liberal section apparently because I was not voting the way they were and they would I got some gawks and stares. You get dirty looks, did you? I did. You, sh- you should be used to that by now. You're fine. I am. <laughs> you sh- you're fine. I give you dirty looks all the time. I am. Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm excited next year. I'm hopefully gonna gonna go next year to the uh, to the yeah. convention. That is my, that is my goal. Uh, among a couple other things that I would like to attend next year. And I, I will say this. Not to cut you off, I'll say this. No, you're good. You do not have to be a pastor or a leader in your church to attend the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting. It is open to all Southern Baptists in good standing at their church. And your average Southern Baptist church, I pastor an average Southern Baptist church. You attend, I would say it's a little bit bigger than mine, but still an average Southern Baptist church. And you are allowed at least a dozen messengers from your church. That does not have to be the pastor. Um, it doesn't have to be any, any staff member. It can be, you are a member. And I encourage you, if you are, if you are a pastor and you can swing it to go to the Southern Baptist annual meeting in Indianapolis next, next June. Um, I think there's, the the heavy stuff that was dealt with this year it's not over 
Um, this is still there is still going to be some contentious things to have to be dealt with next year. But if you are a member of a Southern Baptist church, I suggest you talk to your pastor and register as a messenger. And if you can go to the convention in Indianapolis and and vote and vote the way your not just the way your heart, I don't want to say the way your heart is, but the way you know that the Bible's telling you that these things need to be. And there there is, you know, there there are some games. I'm not going to say just because every church is Southern Baptist means that they abide by these things. I mean, yes, so nearly 90% voted to uphold Saddleback's um, disfellowship, but I think the Mike Law Amendment probably just was over two-thirds that put it through. And there's, you know, and and we can break this down. I mean, I think the churches that are planted by SEND, I don't want to disparage send in particular all the send churches but i know of a church here where i live where it was a send church and one of the lead pastors was a woman they're no longer a southern baptist church but they still tout that they were a send church and that's the same situation when saddleback the the co-pastors the husband and wife co-pastors were part of a send plant where she'd been a pastor from the beginning and that became a teaching center for send as they were planning churches so there's there is an egalitarian push by I believe the the winsome folks in the SPC, um, right? That want to change this to be egalitarian, and, and in Rick Warren's case, I, I don't see how a new idea that you came up with in the last—I <laughs> mean, not to be facetious, but in the last two weeks means you have to push it to change two thousand years of of thinking and and honoring God's word. You know, you, there's no new word. And so Rick Warren or anybody else, just because you feel this way, doesn't mean that you you now are the right way to go to change 2000 years of direction. Right. So I encourage you to go to Indy next year. And, you know, I I think there's some some good things that will happen there. Um, but that's my that's my spiel. And if you are not a Southern Baptist church, but you have Baptist leanings or tendencies, you know what? Just start giving to the cooperative program. You can just give a couple of bucks from your from your uh, tithes to the cooperative program and contact your, your state or local association and become an SBC church and send some messengers to Indy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it already. Um, I'm trying to get things in a line so that, that I can make it happen, but I definitely plan on being there next year. Be the first one that uh, that I will have attended. And maybe we can have a hillbilly and hipster contingency there. We can all, you know, we can all wear matching shirts and we can sit together and you can all watch me fanboy over various individuals like I did this year. For Al Moeller and and Dr. Moeller and Tom Askell, that that is really well. That's one of the reasons I want to go. Is I like to watch you fanboy. It makes me giggle. I've done it once. Oh, you have seen me fanboy. I have seen you fanboy. Yeah, at the the normal pastor conference. That's right. You have seen me fanboy, and it was entertaining, folks. Highly, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> ten out of ten would recommend. Well, uh, I will say this. Um, my wife, for the first time, saw me fanboy, and I believe it's been the highlight of the convention for her. 
was Look, she knows what's up watching me fanboy over Albert Muller. She knows what's up. And walking like five blocks with Joe Thorne. That's see, that's what I'm jealous of. <laughs> I do love Joe Thorne. Matter of fact, I hyped his podcast over ours the other day. So. Well, we are the we are the uh, <laughs> we are the Wayne's World version of doctrine and devotion. Well, also the person that asked me for good podcast, I really couldn't get along. So I went to the the better version. So, but uh, what are your what are some things you got going on? What do we need to What do we need to know? What are some things that we have going on? Any anything big? Any any projects you got going on this summer? Down at uh, no, we're we're not doing VBS this year. Reluctantly, I I wish we could. It doesn't mean we're never going to, but um, just praying that for next year. So we're we're about to embark on you know start prepping for back to school carnival and hand out backpacks with school supplies. That's a big thing we're doing. Um, personally, I just, I have, I have a bunch of conferences still this summer, small ones that'll be going through the next couple of months. Um, it's about it. It's going to be pretty low key for the rest of the summer, just kind of prepping up for the fall and maybe make some changes. We are replanting a, a Spanish language SBC church out of the church that I pastor. So that's good news. That's big news. Um, in July, we will be sharing the building and, and helping a wellspring Bible church, um, replant a, a Spanish, a Spanish congregation out of our building. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Awesome. Definitely something to, that we can be praying about. So we'll, yeah. Keep that. Uh, keep us updated on that. I'm excited. What's been good there. for you? Um, what's been good for me? I have been able to just finally take some time to to sit back, right, and just you know have have time to relax where I don't have the the weight of something heavy like piling on my shoulders now that'll come back this week but you know last week i kind of i mean i had to work don't get me wrong but last week wasn't near as busy and so i couldn't kind of take a step back and breathe you know i had the weekend with my family up in, in cincinnati where we you know was able to watch my braves and so just a, a time of respite really which has been very much needed in my life so that that was glorious if you will stuff that's it's good the rest i mean i i, I enjoyed the rest i had this week i think there's or the last two weeks and there's two things i've discovered that if um if black rifle coffee wants to uh sponsor a tire fire of a podcast i have to just come out and say that if you can get your hands on some black rifle coffee and I've seen it in other places, I bought mine at Cabela's. Um, that stuff is really good. And I had, there's a cigar company called apostate, which I know is pretty interesting from a, on a Christian podcast, but they're, uh, I believe the two guys that started this brand, they're, they're ex Mormons. And so all their cigars they have are named after things in, you know, they're in, in Mormon land and, and 
And so I had the Deseret and uh, I smoked that in the woods in East Texas. And that was the best cigar I've had in a really long time. Um, my kids evidently don't like it when I smoke cigars because I catch flack for it. So I have to be very so hidden. Full disclosure, that. full disclosure, when mm. I when my kids realize, and I, it's not like I do it very often, but when my kids were little, particularly my youngest, and I did it, I told them that I was uh, warding off bees. <laughs> I was keeping bees away. And so that lie worked for a little while. Now, it brought me some he, time. He knew exactly what I was doing because his mama was on the hammock and I was in my my little camping chair just sitting out on the back porch having one. And him and him and Mason were playing catch and he turned around and he goes, Dad, why are you smoking? I was like, oh, no, I don't want to have this conversation because I can. I don't, I don't know any other way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you have any cigar suggestions or anything, again, you could reach out to us. Uh inappropriate funeral songs hit us up on the twitter inappropriate funeral songs any way you want to connect it is uh twitter at hill hipster pod you can email us hill hipster pod at gmail.com in the immortal words of someone i know you could hit us up on the gmail (laughs) you say it one time and you never (laughs) live it down no and then it'll make the uh the the theme music (laughs) Because I have creative control. Where is the stop record button? And don't forget to check out St. Galgano Armory. Uh, Visit their store, their website at etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Check out the the fine, just the fine goods that that Keith and the folks at St. Galgano are putting out. I got to tell you, it's the best bottle opener I've ever had. Due to solid Last word, Andy, it's yours. I got to go back to work. Me too. Actually, I got to <laughs> go to my house because my my sink is exploding in my kitchen and a plumber's coming. No, my, my phone's been going off, so I'm about to get yelled at by some clients. So let's go. All right. All right. Well, till next time, be blessed. All right, be good, buddy. Where's the record button to stop it? <laughs>